for the last four years, you came to this podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling, pop culture, and that oh so naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of grass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. You are tuned in to the IndyCast. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndyCast. Uh, Chad and Shelly Allen. It's Hello. an Allen episode today. Uh, honey, we have a guest with us today. I'm real excited about this one. Um, this one might be way up there because not only are we uh, are we getting somebody who I think personally was probably the MVP of the independent side of WrestleMania weekend. Woo! Um, Big time. But, but somebody who has been in the industry now for... Close to thirty plus years, if I'm doing my math correctly. About my lifespan. About yeah, it is about your lifespan. You're not wrong. Uh, Three-time WWF Tag Team Champion, one-time WCW Hardcore Champion, uh, PWI 500 ranked, PWI uh, All-Time Tag Team ranked for the for the PWI years. He's wrestled for WWF, WCW, ECW, TNA. Um, I think he's only missing Ring of Honor, and I probably even have missed that at some point on his uh, on his schedule here. <laughs> uh, but after this WrestleMania weekend uh, and his match with Walter, uh, definitely got a lot of notice. Ladies and gentlemen, we have PCO on with us. Uh, PCO, welcome to the IndyCast. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jelly. Uh, very happy to be on the uh, on your uh, podcast, and uh, can't wait to uh, answer your your questions, you know, I promise them. No worries. Answers, so hopefully it's going to go uh, pretty well. Well, excellent. We, we, we hope so, too. Well, we start every episode the same way. We start with uh, five kind of quick questions we call the lightning round. Some of them are used just to kind of get the uh, the typical, you know, basic podcast questions right out of the way. Uh, it's kind of having our vegetables before dessert. Uh, and those five questions are always asked by my lovely wife, Shelly. And she will That's start right. with them right now. And he didn't do the annoying lightning sound effect. I, did, I, I skipped the lightning it. sound effect. We have a really important guest on here, damn it. I'll save the sound effects oh, for later. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. So, starting off, PCO, uh, who trained you and when did you debut? Uh, I was trained by uh, Pat Gerard, uh, which is not known at all in the United States. But uh, he trained a bunch of guys that are well-known, like Pat Patterson, and like the uh, um, Rougeos, and uh, many other big names of, uh, of Canada. And the funny thing about it is that uh, I did a mini-camp with uh, Edward Topandi, and when I was sending my, uh, my resume to the WWE, I always put Edward Topandi as my trainer because... I was afraid that nobody would know Pat Gerard. Uh, <laughs> but the funny thing is when I read the Pat Harrison's book, uh, he was trained by Pat Gerard, who was my trainer. So sometimes we want to hide things, and uh, we shouldn't uh, hide it because uh, it would have been almost not better, but it wouldn't have changed anything. <laughs> so basically, that's, that's the thing about it. It was not a, a lightning answer, but that's why it that's okay. You get you get to we ask the lightning questions. You get to decide how long you want to take for the exactly. answer. We're okay with that. Okay. You can take as long as you want. Uh, question number two, baby. All right. What is your first wrestling memory? 
Carpenter, I remember having one of the better one of the better drop kicks in wrestling. That was always a big thing because he was definitely one of the original high flyers. But I, I agree with you completely. The Road Warriors were definitely probably one of the big things that got me into wrestling back in 1983 when I first started watching. So can completely yeah, understand. I couldn't really, yeah, I couldn't really rate their uh, their uh, in ring work, but everything that they were bringing with them, you know, as a fan. Uh, even though, like, uh, at a young age of probably 14, 15, I knew right away that uh, wrestling, you know, was like some sort of uh, chore- choreography, but uh, I-, I bought into their, their, their blocks and their painting and then uh, shoulder pads and the Iron Man music <laughs> and uh, the whole nine yards. So uh, they, they drew a big, big crowd. Uh, he sold, uh, he sold out the Montreal Forum many times against the, the local guys who were uh, Ricky Martel, Dino Bravo. So they were kind of my uh, uh, idol to uh, the Rougeaux. Uh, they were like the, the four top guys uh, here in Canada. But uh, definitely uh, Warriors, uh, I got uh, I the chase out of them. And Dino Bravo, probably when he still had black hair and was was kind of more of a uh, yeah, uh, more of an athletic flyer. Then. Baby face. Uh, was probably the uh, Canadian heavyweight champion for about uh, eight years in a row. He was a big draw. People really believed in him, uh, but was strong. Uh, but he was uh, capable of uh, fighting. You know, the, the, we bought him as a real guy and a real tough guy to handle the fight, so uh, he was believable. And uh, Ricky Martel was more like a, the, the guy who had speed, who had the knowledge, who had the, the science, and uh, was more like a uh, you know uh, a scientific wrestler. But you know, uh, was like the, the big guy who could handle himself and uh, the wasn't scared of anybody, so they were two different type of wrestlers, but they were both great at what they were doing, you know, they both uh, some sort of uh, icon in uh, Very nice. Uh, question three, honey. Let's, uh... Ooh, three. 
So if you were stuck on a desert, a deserted, I can read, yeah. um, a deserted island and only have one CD to listen to for all time, what is that CD? Um, <laughs> the, the CD, I, I don't really go by CD. There's so many, uh, so many uh, good songs. Uh, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's one song that I, I remember very well. Uh, I was, uh, I was trying to make it into the business, and I left home at the age of uh, 17 and a half, 18 years old. And I went to Calgary for a tour, but I wasn't booked, so I just went there with my my Russian stuff, and uh, I wasn't speaking English either, so I was trying to get booked there, and um, I mean, you know, they were kind of ripping me, like, uh, go to Edmonton, maybe we're going to have a spot for you, some minus machine, and I have to do five-hour drive and then and then until it's but going back to Calgary and we'll meet you next week and then I was doing another five hour bus drive. I was uh living with the Salvation Army with uh, many other kids that were poor. Um, I came from a family that was you know middle class but they didn't invest any money in my career really, you know, I just went by myself and I was trying to make it out of my own uh, at the age of eighteen and I the length of time, about uh, three months that I was there, and uh, nothing was moving. And uh, I just got a tryout in the ring with Bruce and uh, was trying to sell me his wrestling school. And, and I didn't really want to to invest $3,000. I felt like I changed pretty well by Patrick Hart, and that I knew what I was doing, but uh, I was so young. So uh, I decided not to, and uh, I met a girl. Uh, was not interested in me at all uh, one night, but uh, I guess she felt kind of sorry for myself. Like uh, she, she invited me for a dinner at her, at her place with her parents and everything. Uh, I ate well and everything, and she wrote a card for me. And uh, and that card uh, it says, uh, you know, I believe in you, and I am in your corner. And then after that, I was always hearing that song, that's me in the corner. And whatever it is, you know, the song I'm talking about, that's me in the corner, that's me in the corner. It's an old song. And uh, this card uh, I kept uh, with me for a long, long time. And uh, through adversity, uh, it kept me going. And uh, eventually, you know, I I came... uh, to make it into the beauty of beauty. So, uh, it was quite a story. It was quite a story. Yeah, so, and yes. That song, and uh, it was another song by Falkland that I used to listen all the time on Germany. Uh, I was always sick, and I was there for months and months and months, you know, almost uh, six months in a row. And can't uh, remember the title, an old Scorpion song. Uh, uh, that's... Uh, uh, wind, uh, wind of Change. Wind of Change by Scorpions. Yeah. So, Winds of Change by Scorpions and Losing My Religion by R.E.M. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's it. That's so, what it. we're saying is the 80s, uh, yeah. okay? Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I also, I also like uh, The Slow by Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, mm-hmm. What it's called. Uh, uh, I don't know the name, but also one of my favorite songs over the years 
uh, is uh, hurt by uh, by uh, the country guy. Uh, Johnny Cash. Uh-huh. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Yep. Johnny Cash. I really like that song. Yeah. But uh, I'm not the CD guy. I'm not going to buy a CD. No, I'm not. I'm for a song. Huh? All right. I get it. Uh, He's going to have a Zoom. More than an all. Yeah, I'm we... just an artist. For me, it's, it's just the, the song itself. So We're gonna... Johnny Cash. I really like that. We're gonna have to make a PCO playlist once we're done I with know. all this. We got a we got a whole playlist going for this right now. So. We could totally <laughs> give you that music on the island. <laughs> so, honey, what you got for question four? Okay, when you are channel surfing at night, what movie makes you stop every time? What movie makes me? If you're you're surfing through the TV channels, you see a movie, a certain yeah. movie is on. Which one? Make you have to stop and watch it, no matter how many times you've seen it. No, I've seen it. Yeah, okay. Uh, 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 there's, uh, there's a stupid ones. Uh, I'll go with. Uh, I like stories that are telling a uh, uh, story. You know, a good uh, a good lesson. So uh, I go with. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. And I got, a, I got another one for sure that I've been watching so many times on TV. It's uh, A Night's Tale. <laughs> oh, I love A Night's Tale. Oh, God, you just hit my, you hit one of my wife's favorite movies right there. Good gracious. Good oh, job. Yeah, yeah, PCO, really we can watch one. we can watch that anytime. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Now I you, win, you hit I one win. of your favorites. So. All right, this okay, is the, the, the last question of the lightning round. Woo, so quick. Um... If you were traveling to Quebec... Well, he lived, he's from Quebec, honey. Okay, if so... we're if, traveling to, to Quebec... So if we come to Quebec, where is the best place for a poutine? Oh, there's a lot of good places. There's <laughs> poutine everywhere, but uh, uh, if ever you come uh, nearby Montreal and you want a good poutine... Uh, Try. Uh, it's gonna sound funny because it's uh, it's the name of the place. It's Como, which is a, a, the name of a lake in uh, Italy, uh, Lake Como. But it's a Como Pizzeria uh, uh, that's owned by Italians, obviously. But uh, they have the best pizza, I'd say, in the world, and the best routine in the world. So Como Pizzeria. Uh, on the south shore of Montreal, uh, Quebec, uh, but uh, you would you'd be in for uh, a treat. Very nice. All right, well, honey, that that officially ends your lightning round questions there it for did. you. I'm and she even wrote down she even wrote down the name of that place in case we ever do make the trip. So, um, well, I've been to Montreal. Yeah. Unlike you, I've been there. No, I know. I've been I've been to Toronto, which you hadn't you have not done. I have either, not done. So. so, but everyone in Montreal was quite uh, not nice, 
And well, okay, just to you. <laughs> you ended up on the French side of Montreal? Or? Yes, and my friend speaks French from France. So I guess her yeah. French is slightly different. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, people were, like, mean to us. We were just trying to ask directions. It wasn't like... We were fairly confident on our own. But then every once in a while, we got lost. It's so funny. The way, the way Montreal, it's... Uh, if you're in Quebec City, that's another story. They don't really speak a lot of English. But if you're in Montreal, you got that St. Lawrence Street, which has cut the, the city in half. Mm-hmm. That's the middle of Montreal. If you're on the left side, if you're on the west side of St. Lawrence Street, they speak English. Mm-hmm. If you're on the right side or on the east side of St. Lawrence, they speak French. So it depends uh, where you went. Uh, where we got lost. If you went on the, <laughs> went on the uh, Stanley Street and things like that, it's all English. If you were on the, on the east side of Montreal, then you were... Nobody reads English, so it's just weird. So, well, that's what we found. So, all right, well, it's okay. So, you could you could you could end up in Montreal somewhere where they only speak English, but obviously, that could have You have to learn some French. That's why I'm talking to you, I guess. Oh, I brought her along specifically because she was from France. So, like, bonus. And then she's like, I think they're cursing at me. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, just get directions. Like, we just need the road to get back. (laughs) So, anyway, it was was a a, a wonderful story. There we go. Yes. Well, now, okay, so now I need to get, I'm going to do my own little lightning round here. Because I'm going to get a bunch of the, What? I'm going to get a bunch of my old school, like, wrestling questions from when, like, he first, when, you know, PCO first started out, uh-huh. because I'm a big time, I'm a long time wrestling fan and a major geek. So big I have, nerd, I have a few nerd. things I need to know about here. Question one, for the Quebecers theme music, are you tired of people asking you about it now? Uh, the theme music? Yeah, because yes. the theme music, I think of, 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 of you know, obviously you guys were three times WWF tag champion, so you, you had an amazing yeah. run there, but... I know the one thing that always gets talked about when that gets brought up was the absolute amazing theme music you guys had with you two, the, the I'm Not the Mounties theme song. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we sang it. Uh, yeah, we did, we did sing it. Do people just ask you about it all the time, or am I just the geek that's bringing it up now? So, Sorry? I said, or do people ask you about, the, about that theme song all the time, or am I just the one geek oh, that's bringing yeah, it up yeah, now? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm not 
not a good singer at all. So, uh, <laughs> oh, so I'm better at the singing the national anthem than I am at singing any other song. See, <laughs> that might be my new favorite part about the story that I didn't know about that theme song is that you guys were legitimately trying to be on beat and like and and do a, a good song for it. Yeah, but we're because trying to do it pretty good. But yeah, because we're trying to do pretty good. But because it was so off, it it made it even better. And that was like that's like still to this day yeah, is one yeah, of my favorites. Sometimes it happens like that, and uh, it actually was a big part of our uh, our uh, gimmick and speed and success. So it ended up being a good thing. And especially the whole uh, the whole ending of the song in France, we just made that up. <laughs> Shooting things uh, the way we thought we should have said. We were saying things that, you know, made sense, but it uh, was not written for us. We just made that up, and uh, <laughs> we ended up, like, shooting that song like that. So, uh, that was with uh, Jim, uh, the guy who was doing the music for the BDP. Uh, Jim Johnson. Uh, Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, he was saying the stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, with us. The the other big thing that I remember, obviously, for a while, you were you were um, how is it, Jean Pierre Lafitte? You were you were doing the the pirate thing, um, which was amazing. Yeah. And you're going to be going back to that. We'll talk about that in a little bit, though. I have later questions on that. that that's coming back, which makes me happy. But during that time when you were doing that, um, you had an issue with. I believe mostly Kevin Nash when you guys were doing a Canadian tour. Now there's 8 million things out there about kind of what happened that basically you guys got yeah. into, got into a fight. Um, do you, has like anything ever been resolved with you guys and any members of the clique? Do you get along with any of them now or is it forget yeah, the whole group of uh, them? Last, last time. Yeah. That, no, no. Sean was really, really good to me in 2008. Actually, I brought up a scenario uh, for WWE, I was uh, in Birmingham, England. I was supposed to meet with John Laurinaitis, but he couldn't make the trip, so my kind of meeting went kind of off, you know. Like, so one of those bad lucks, you know, like uh, I've had so many, uh, so many, uh, so much adversity uh, throughout my career before the WWE and after the WWE because. Um, and I was so pretty young uh, when I made it very at a very young age. I made it to the WWE, and uh, I was young and uh, then I had a lot of wisdom. Uh, couldn't cope really well with success too. I you know uh, it got to me a little bit. Like uh, actually, it does pretty much uh, everybody that, that uh, connect uh, with success pretty quickly in their lives. Even though it took me eight years to make it there, because I started at the, the age of uh, 16, so uh, until 24, um, it, uh, the thing is, uh, with, with Sean in 2008, when John wasn't there, I had made up like uh, a scenario uh, that was stretched throughout uh, three or six months of. Uh, like at length of time, and I ended it to uh, to Sean. This is Sean. I'm supposed to meet with John. John's not there. Uh, would you mind uh, giving that to to Vince? And he says, uh, "I'll do it. I'll do it for sure. You can count on me." And he did. 
and he did because they, they called me back and they, they arranged meetings with me and they were pretty interested. So, um, so uh, it, it proves that uh, it shall change a lot since the click. And uh, uh, on my side, uh, also, uh, um, you know, I went over that, that little thing because uh, it was uh, a long time ago. And, uh, if you, you know, hate someone for something for so long, I don't think you can uh, live happily. You know, you can be happy in life if you're miserable about my own story. And uh, Kevin, uh, we also been in Montreal in 2009, and uh, we had a long conversation before our match, and we had even a longer conversation after our match, and uh, we made peace, we totally made peace. And, uh, and I learned a lot in the business talking with Kevin that night, and uh, he taught me a lot, and uh, it was, uh, it was great. It was great. And uh, to this day, I'd say I'm mean, like, consider Kevin uh, not a good, not a great friend, but, you know, someone that uh, I think uh, uh, was uh, helpful to me uh, by, by a lot of things that he told me about the business. Uh, he gave me a lot. So... Uh, but if you want to know what uh, brought the whole fight and uh, anything that happened, it was, uh, it was a long story. Uh, it's, you know, it started uh, at my end, at the end of the, uh, Jacques took the retirement match, so uh, I was working against him. We worked on the main event at the forum, sold out 18,500 people. Uh, we were on top of Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Rizzo, Amanda, the Yokozuna, Adam Bomb, Jeff Jarrett. Everybody was underneath our match with the, the main event, and we, we did have a hell of a match. And uh, because of uh, basically uh, a fight, not a physical fight, but a uh, a confrontation between uh, Vince and Jack. This never came out uh, on DVD or anything like that. It should have because it was a great match. It was a great night. It was, it was a solid. The whole roster was there. And um, anyways, after that, I was supposed to uh, go to the Olympic Stadium and uh, have Jacques as my manager because we just... Uh, we just sold out the, the forum, 18,500. It's a strike, uh, the hockey's on strike, the baseball's on strike. The newspaper, the TV, all the media that are talking about wrestling because that's the subject number one. So we're just aiming for the, the Olympic Stadium for a match between me and Bob Backlund, and I'm supposed to get this trap out of the, uh, Bob Backlund. And uh, maybe a couple of months before... Uh, we're supposed to to go there. Uh, things called Jacques and said we can't go to the stadium anymore. And, and John got pretty pissed off about it because he had already made the arrangements for the rent and the price and how he would set up the thing. And it was, you know, pretty much ahead of things. 
talked about the different stuff and he told Vince, he said, well, Vince, if you're not coming with me to the stadium, I want to talk. So, so basically, that was a big uh, issue between uh, between Vince and, and Jacques and, uh, and uh, Vince told Jacques, uh, well, you won't be able to go with... Uh, the car will up because I own car will up. So basically, you you have to go by yourself. And then, uh, so Jacques was trying to make me quit with the WWE and go with him with the WCW and try to work out the stadium deal with, with uh, Hawk and WCW. But uh, all my life was dreaming of uh, being in the WWE. So, um, I had a long meeting with Vince, and they were going to start the pilot. And, uh, he liked Phil Payne, Ledro uh, Meyer, worked on my character, and uh, bring me back in two, three months, uh, around March of 95. And uh, at the end of 94, uh, Vince called me at home. And he says, uh, Carl, he says, uh, I need you for, for a favor. I said, uh, he said, uh, our IRS uh, just got a hundred and uh, need you to work, uh, to work against Shawn Michaels. So the, the original uh, meeting that I had with Vince, I was not supposed to work in Montreal for like two, three years in a row uh, because he was saying, you know, we, the people in Montreal and in Quebec, they will want to see you, they will want to see you, but they won't be able to see you or we'll keep, we'll keep you out of Montreal. And eventually we'll give you, you know, back to them. So uh, I bought into that and I was pretty happy about that whole scenario. And then uh, he called me out of the blue like that and uh, asked me to replace our IRS. And uh, my gimmick was not even started yet. It was still like uh, just having some time off. So I show up and um, I was supposed to work Sean and I'm working Sean actually. And, uh, so uh, with George Animal Hill was the uh, was the agent uh, that night, and uh, this is a deal where we'll push Sean over and uh, over you in a you know, 12 or 15 minutes, whatever match. And then I called John and I told him about you know what was going on, and which was a big mistake on my part because I should have uh, I should have went along with. Uh, what was going on because anyways my character was not even started yet so uh, uh, Jean was like you just did you know we just sold out 18,500 people if you do a job now you're done we can never do anything with you gonna... but I'm not blaming Jean for that I'm just I asked him for an advice um, you know I was a grown up adult and I could make my own decision so Anyways, I go to Sean and I tell him that uh, I don't think it's a good idea if I lose against him. So Sean kind of loses it because he says, you know, you motherfucker, you know. I just, 30 guys just put me over uh, last month in the Royal Rumble and you don't want to do a job against me? What the fuck is going on with you? So I uh, really start thinking about the, the whole thing and I went back to Sean and I was I went back to myself he said, you know Sean you're right you're right you know I'll, I'll do the job and uh, whatever you know I'll do business so so we came up with a good 
basically between uh, Nash and, and, and Sean and, and those Razors always went pretty well. I don't know if he was uh, sincere or not, but uh, it went well. I worked him a few times uh, before the Jean's retirement match, and we had great matches. And it was it was good to work with. So I never had really a problem with Razor. So. My eight was major. My major eight was with Sean and uh, and Diesel uh, because what I told Diesel I was not going to lose for the title Montreal, and I told all the agents that I was going to lose. Uh, I was going to pack up my bag and just go home and just you know sell them. And I, I didn't care anymore. So it was not even about the money. It was not even about anything. Just, it was just a principle, and I didn't care about anything. It was, I was fed up with the, the whole thing and uh, I just kind of, you know, I said, no, I'm not doing it. Uh, so, I didn't do it. But the, double count out. That's the, the, that's the whole story. The, the good thing we can take out about this, that whole situation, obviously that it was bad at that point, that now yeah. obviously him and Sean have patched up. That's right. Him and... Kevin Nash have patched up, so okay. though things may not have gone well back at that time, we are now at a point of peace, and that is and that, and that it is a wonderful thing. Exactly. This man could be the front runner for greatest storyteller that we've had on the IndieCast. Oh, hi everybody! It's Zach Romero. I wasn't on this episode, uh, but I'm cutting this off for right now because we've exceeded our uh, regularly scheduled time frame. So this is part one of the interview. Uh, that we did this past week, and so part two will be next week. So make sure you tune back in to hear the rest of the stories that uh, Chad and Shelley got to participate with. And uh, feel free to follow our guests on social media if you haven't already, and as well as follow us on social media. I don't know why you wouldn't be, but do that too. And uh, feel free to hop on Fully Gimmicked. Uh, we have some new stuff coming out for a lot of our ambassadors, as well as uh, trading cards we're starting, because why not? And uh, so thank you to the dozens and dozens for listening. And until next time, as we always say, deuces.